0: De Reggae Girls. Zo heet het vrouwenelftal van Jamaica. Het is sowieso de beste bijnaam van alle teams die deze zomer op het WK vrouwenvoetbal uitkomen. Dit is de eerste keer dat Jamaica zich heeft geplaatst voor de eindronde van het toernooi. Jamaica is meteen ook het laagst geplaatste team van het hele WK. Het is eigenlijk al een gigantisch wonder dat ze de eindronde überhaupt gehaald hebben. Want ze hadden jarenlang nul financiële steun van de Jamaicaanse voetbalbond. Voor de beslissende wedstrijden hadden ze niet eens een trainingskamp. Niet eens een trainingskamp maar toch kwalificeerden de Reggae Girls zich. Dat gebeurde in oktober 2018. En daarover wil ik graag een verhaal vertellen. Mijn naam is Sam van Raalte en welkom in de wereld van Sport. De Reggae Girls plaatsten zich dus in oktober 2018 voor het WK. En de Jamaicaans International die toen de beslissende penalty binnenschoot... Die woont helemaal niet in Jamaica. Zij heet Dominique bond en ze woont in Eindhoven, want ze speelt bij PSV. Daar zoek ik haar op in aanloop naar het WK, omdat ik benieuwd ben naar haar verhaal. We hebben via de persafdeling van PSV afgesproken op de hertgang, het trainingscomplex van de club. Het is daar helaas een enorme pijnzooi als ik eraan kom, omdat het complex verbouwd wordt. Overal zijn werkers bezig met slopen en bouwen, met harde muziek uit radio's aan niet ideaal voor het opnemen van een podcast. Ik probeer daar nog wat aan te doen, maar heel veel zin heeft het niet. Oké, okay, I'm gonna check if they can turn the radio off.
1: No problem. It's
0: <laughs> for uh, just to, to be sure. Ja. Yeah. <laughs> we gaan zitten in een kleedkamer onderin het gebouw. Groepen kinderen van jeugdteams rennen gillend over de gang als we beginnen te praten over Dominiques jeugd. Ze werd als dochter van een Jamaikaanse moeder en een Poolse vader geboren in Amerika, maar bracht het grootste gedeelte van haar jeugd door in Canada, in Pickering, een buitenstad van Toronto. Daar leert haar vader Dominique voetballen.
1: I would say the earliest memory I have playing was probably around eight years old. Um... It was something that my dad had played growing up, so uh, he introduced me to the sport, and then eventually when my siblings were of age, it was nice because we would just go out into the field and, and play, just the four of us, and my mom would watch and have snacks on the side for us. It's really funny now, looking back, my parents filmed uh, a few of our games. It was really bad soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of your typical house league. Um, a bunch of players clumped around the ball, yeah. all kicking each other. But it was a social thing uh, where I had a lot of friends. I made a lot of friends playing the sport, and I enjoyed it. So I, I kept at it um, yeah. for years to come.
0: So you were all uh, huddling around the ball? Or, yes, I yes, know, for sure. Saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, did you did you like it immediately? I remember my own first uh, football training, and I was also a bit scared about mm-hmm. what's happening uh, mm-hmm. around me. I didn't even know what, what passing the ball meant. Yes, yes.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I, I for sure enjoyed it immediately. And I think the reason that I did is because it was a bonding experience I had with my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of sessions where it would just be the two of us on the field. We would go uh, between training sessions or uh, on the weekends where it would just be the two of us. So I formed a lot of memories with him, mm. just kicking the ball around and improving.
0: Yeah. Was your, uh, are you the oldest? Uh- I am the oldest, ah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So your father was probably very happy that you were of the age to finally play football. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Were you also watching uh, matches together?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think soccer was just always on the TV whenever it could be. Um, He enjoyed watching it. And because of that, I think I enjoyed watching it as well.
0: Uh, Was it a very, let's say, green environment where you were living or more of a a heavy city? What was it like?
1: For sure, more a green environment. If you drove maybe 10 minutes south, uh, you would run into like farmlands. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had a big backyard uh, where we'd play a lot of soccer or we'd... Uh, shovel the snow into a big pile and jump into, or, or leaves at the times. We had all four seasons, um, so we we kept ourselves occupied, um, but for sure more green. We'd have a bunch of different forest animals all the time in our backyard. Hmm.
0: What kind of animals?
1: Uh, we had rabbits uh, that we actually ended up catching, uh, sometimes deer, and then one time a bear. got uh, From across the street, there was a little forest, and it actually um, ended up in our backyard. Well, <laughs>
0: Were scared?
1: Yes, <laughs> very.
0: In Dominique's tienerjaren verhuist het gezin naar het zuiden van Californië... ...voor het werk van haar vader. Hij zit in de ICT. Dat is een flinke verandering... ...vanuit het noordelijke Toronto naar de palmbomen van Californië. Een verhuizing in de puberteit is meestal ook gewoon kloten voor een kind. Maar voor Dominique valt het allemaal wel mee. En dat komt door het voetbal. Dat is one
1: thing ding playing soccer is. It gives you something to connect with someone else instantly if they also play soccer. So uh, for me, moving wasn't as big of a deal um, as I thought it was going to be just because I had a new soccer team at the school, one, and then two, my club.
0: Yeah, so that's that's perfect, especially when you move around a bit uh, because of your father's work. Yes, yeah. That sounds very nice. Right. And, and what do you like about... Uh, Playing football for me, I was a terrible football player. The only thing I could do, I was a uh, right back, and the only thing I could do was make slidings to intercept <laughs> balls. But then I would lose it immediately because I couldn't do anything. But I really liked the sliding. I liked I liked that aspect. Yeah. What do you like mostly? About?
1: I also like the physical aspect of the game, but I think for me it, it goes beyond that. It's almost uh, like a puzzle you have to figure out ways to beat your opponent based on what you have and kind of find out what they don't have and exploit that. Mm. And I think also what appeals to me is you can never be the best at the sport. You always have to improve. And for me, as someone who's really competitive, I like the fact that you can always get better and Mm. always – I guess, change something about your game to help you improve. Do
0: you have an example of uh, a game uh, in which you uh, saw this puzzle and something clicked and you solved it as a team?
1: Um, I would say, let's see, playing in a formation, for example, of four-three-three, and you notice that maybe they have four midfielders flat across their midfield line maybe you change so that you have two attackers so that their two are outnumbered and you have one sitting alone yeah so it's stuff like that that you could notice and it helps when you have a good coach who also notices that yeah but to be able to like find that lone player and play around the team and kind of create a situation where your number's up uh i think is part of like a neat part of uh, of playing football
0: but you almost sound, sound like a coach already.
1: <laughs> I have my, uh, a few licenses. Uh, yeah? Yeah. In the U.S. I had um, a college coach who was very passionate about helping us cool. um, fulfill those two requirements. So I, she actually paid for a few of her oh, cool. teams, uh, team players to, to do it.
0: Okay, cool. So uh, is that sam- something that you want to do uh, later on in your life, maybe? Coaching?
1: I haven't given that much thought either. I'm kind of going year by year, figuring out what I want to do. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to going into
0: culture. Dominique maakt haar er middelbare school af in het zuiden van Californië en verhuist daarna weer. Ze gaat naar Seattle in de staat Washington in het noordwesten van Amerika. En daar gaat ze spelen voor de Washington Huskies, het voetbalteam van de Universiteit van Washington.
1: I really enjoyed the team there. I think I learned a lot from the coaching staff, from my teammates and and from myself. And it's always tough uh, living away from home. So I think I grew in maturity a lot during those four years I was there.
0: Uh, Can you give an an example of something you grew in that uh, period?
1: Yeah, um, I think independence is is a big one. So for me going into college, I was really nervous to do things on my own, to go to a restaurant alone or go to a doctor's appointment alone. And by the the end of those four years it wasn't even something i thought twice about
0: Mm. Uh, what was your team like over there
1: yeah um i would say some of my best friends are actually on that team um i would say a very close-knit group uh very supportive i think in the fact or in the sense that they pushed me to be more competitive and they pushed me to, to want to improve. So mm. I think that was a really good uh, playing environment for myself.
0: What did you do there in, uh, in your spare time?
1: That's a good one. Study. <laughs> <laughs> I studied a lot. <laughs> um, I would say probably go into the city. Uh, they have a really, just Pike place is superb. If you've ever seen pictures of, of Seattle, it's mm. just beautiful. And then hiking. I did a hiking. lot of hiking. Mm.
0: Cool. See any animals? uh,
1: Not while hiking, no. (laughs) No Squirrels, squirrels, yeah. (laughs) That's about it. All
0: right, so you studied a lot there. Did you finish your program there already? Yes,
1: it took me four years to complete it, so I graduated uh, June of 2018.
0: Die zomer traint Dominique ook mee met profclub Seattle Rain, in de hoop daar een contract te krijgen. Dat lukt helaas niet. Er zijn te veel verdedigers. Een Amerikaanse en koutensie-firm biedt Dominique dan een baan aan, waardoor ze twijfelt of ze helemaal moet stoppen met voetballen. De Jamaicaanse bondscoach ziet de buil hangen, baalt er flink van en schakelt een zaakwaarnemer in. Die gaat op zoek naar een mooie club voor Dominique.
1: Usually with uh, foreign players, you'll send out a clip, a highlight clip. En then a soccer resume to kind of show what you've done. Yeah. Uh, he sent that out to a few teams. And within I think a month I had signed with PSV, but they just showed interest and I was equally interested with the league and with the team.
0: Yeah. Um, But uh, Eindhoven uh, is pretty far away from uh, the US. Yes. And and especially uh, that side of the US. Yes. Uh, so uh, were there any doubts in your mind about uh, signing a contract over here? Um, what was the process in your mind when uh, you knew this opportunity came up?
1: Yeah, for me, it's hard being away from home. I, I think that living close to your family, especially my family, I think we're very close to one another. It's, it's been tough at times. But for me, playing a sport that I'm passionate about at a high level was an opportunity I couldn't pass. Yeah. So, voor uh, for me I think I was nervous going into an environment that I was unfamiliar with, but at the same time it was a really good opportunity for me to develop as a soccer player.
0: Intussen probeert Dominique met het Jamaïcaanse voetbalteam stappen te zetten. Daar zit een verhaal achter. Tussen 2010 en 2014 was er helemaal geen nationaal vrouwenelftal van Jamaica, omdat de Jamaïcaanse voetbalbond er geen geld voor vrijmaakte. Met hulp van Cedella Marley, een van Bob Marley's dochters, wordt het team in 2014 nieuw leven ingeblazen. Met geld van de Bob Marley Foundation. Maar in 2015 gaat de stekker er alweer uit. Pas in de lente van 2018 komt het team na jaren weer bij elkaar. Dominique vertelt hoe dat ging, met zeer beperkte middelen.
1: Of course, this is the first time we've qualified for the World Cup, so... I don't think there was a lot of trust in us to actually do that. So a lot of money wasn't coming our way. Um, And we dealt with a lot of adversity to get to where we are. Um, But I would say overall... It's a great experience because I think the team really bonded over it. It's unfortunate that we had to deal with such adversity, but I think we're stronger now because of it.
0: Yeah. What kind of adversities come with being a team that has very limited funding?
1: Well, for one, camps, uh, not having camps. And I think the biggest one that we didn't have a camp for was before the qualifiers in Texas. We didn't even have a camp before what? then, which is, yeah, the qual- the CONCACAF qualifiers. Yeah. So we went into that without a camp. Um, Crazy. Yeah. And ended up without uh, our Umbro gear, which we had just signed with at that time. Mm-hmm. So it was just a bunch of uh, little things we were dealing no with gear. inside of the... We had gear, okay. but not appropriate gear. It our- ended up raining. We didn't have rain jackets. <laughs> so it's things like that um, that...
0: Met die zeer beperkte middelen knokt het Jamaicaans elftal zich naar het kampioenschap van de CONCACAF. Dat is de bond voor landen in Noord-Amerika, Midden-Amerika en het Caribisch gebied. Niemand verwacht op dat toernooi wat van Jamaica. Zeker niet als ze de openingswedstrijd verliezen van Canada. Maar dan wint Jamaica opeens van Costa Rica en Cuba. En zo bereiken de Reggae Girls de halve finale. Daarin is Amerika veel te sterk, maar dat geeft niet. Jamaica heeft wel de troostfinale gehaald, waarin ze spelen tegen Panama. Er zijn troostfinales meestal super triest, maar bij deze staat er echt wat op het spel. Het team dat derde wordt, plaatst zich namelijk rechtstreeks voor het WK. Deze wedstrijd is dus enorm beladen voor de reggae girls.
1: I think that was probably the craziest match I've ever played in. Um, it was the highs of highs and the lows of lows all in one match. I think we scored first, um, feeling very confident in our ability. Uh, went into halftime. They evened it up in the second half, so we went into um, overtime. And in the overtime, in the first half, we had scored again to make the score line two to one. Mm-hmm. Second half of uh, overtime, they score, and it's two to two. <laughs>
0: All right, so uh, two two. Yes. Crazy, crazy game, and then penalties.
1: And then penalties, which is an unfortunate part of the game, but it, it is a part of a part of football.
0: Yeah, uh, how did it go?
1: We ended up winning. Uh, I think it you was. Spoil it. Yeah? yeah, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> jumping ahead of myself. Uh, we started. I. Th- Think it's it's hard to think about it now mm. because it's also such a blur. I was such a euphoria after the game of, of winning. Yeah. I think we started uh, the shots, and we ended up shooting four PKs. I was the fourth shooter, scored all four, um, and our goalkeeper Nicole McClure, who was in goal, yeah. saved two shots. Yeah, which is huge. I don't think people realize that yeah. um, saving a penalty kick as a goalkeeper is a really hard thing to do. Mm. Yeah. So she ended up saving two, uh, which propelled us to win.
0: Yeah, so yeah, now you're saying that she did that because, of course, she did. Mm-hmm. But um, you were standing at the, um, uh, the line in the middle? How did you say midline? The midline, yeah. Midline, <laughs> <laughs> um, with your team, and then you see she, she saved a penalty, and then she does it again, and then it's your turn. There's a lot of pressure on your shoulders there. <laughs> What's going through your mind when you walk that, that straight line from the midline towards the penalty box?
1: I think I was just thinking stay calm because for me it wasn't a hard situation to be and she had just saved two penalties. I didn't actually feel this much pressure because um, I wasn't thinking about missing, but if I had missed, that we still had a chance. Mm. So for me I was just thinking stay calm, stay composed, and you're fine, you're just going to score this. You've practiced this. You're ready. You're prepared. So for me, it was something that I felt confident going into.
0: All right, and uh, I watched the clip as well. And right before you take the kick, you you breathe in and you breathe out very heavily. Like, okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to this is going to happen. I'm going to do this. Uh, and did you decide before you took the penalty which corner you were going to take?
1: Yes, I did. Right. Yes.
0: Which one did you choose?
1: I chose the my right, going right. to the right.
0: Uh, is that your usual corner when you take a penalty? Or? I can't
1: say on the, <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> I All don't right. know who's listening. <laughs>
0: All right, uh, that's uh, Okay, that that will remain secret. But right then, it was your corner. Yes, you decided. In that moment, yeah. yes. Um, low or or high?
1: That shot I hit high. Yeah, yeah
0: because that's difficult. Yes. Yeah. Um. So there's some risk there, and then you shoot. Yes. Uh, what happens then?
1: Oh, my goodness. I, I don't even think I was thinking, because if you watch the clip, I run one way and then turn, and I'm like, oh, wait, Nicole. So I think it was just pure happiness and kind of disbelief. and uh, I don't know like what I was thinking at that moment, but just so excited that we had just qualified for the World Cup.
0: For me, as now a, a football supporter, that always seems like the best moment for a football player at a at such a, a crucial moment like that to either uh, take that last penalty that that goes in or be the keeper, of course, who saves the yes, last penalty yeah. to to make the decision. Uh, Edwin van der Sar did at once in a, a Champions League final, uh, I think, so, in, for Man, for Man United. Yes. Um, so. You said, I don't even know what I was thinking, but let's, let, let's try again. <laughs> what were what, you thinking?
1: I think it was just excitement for the World Cup and almost a sense of like, uh, we did this. Yeah. We just qualified. I'm here with my team. Let's celebrate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let's celebrate. Yes. How did you celebrate?
1: We just spent the evening. So we had the award ceremony um, on the field afterwards where we collected our third place medal. um, And then spent the night together in our hotel. At the West End, we stayed. Uh, and basically, we weren't allowed to have these cookies the whole tournament. And we all g- were allowed to have cookies at the end. These huge cookies like this big. Chocolate chip cookies? Or uh, they had a few different kinds. Uh, I had a chocolate chip cookie. Classic.
0: <laughs> so, was there drinking also? or We did
1: it... have uh, champagne, but all we didn't right. go crazy. Yeah. All right.
0: And was there any place to party except for the hotel? Or I think
1: it? everything was closed yeah. outside. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you partied in Otah. Yes. Sir. And how did you party? What did you do?
1: I think we just were content being with one another. Um, first, the celebration was in our locker room uh, mm. prior to the game. And we were basically just, we sang the national anthem. I think mm. it was just a huge, yeah, we were just very proud to be Jamaican at that point um, and played music and danced and yeah. just celebrated with one another. And we were just content being with. The team and our and our coaches. Uh,
0: yeah, what, what's a uh, Jamaican party like? Uh, then is there a lot a
1: of dancing, <laughs> a lot, a lot of dancing for sure. Uh,
0: Jamaican music as well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, dancehall music or dancehall reggae,
1: reggae. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you like reggae? I do like reggae. Yeah. I think we have a heavy influence of that. Uh, yeah. My mom coming from Jamaica, we listened to it a lot growing up.
0: Which reggae artist?
1: Uh, a lot of Bob Marley, I would say. Yeah. Buju Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you uh, did you smoke weed when you were younger?
1: No, <laughs> no, it's actually illegal in Jamaica. Yeah, really? Yes. Oh, I didn't even know that. Uh, stupid question.
0: <laughs> uh, I really. I didn't yes. even know that. It's interesting. All right, so um, there's of course the party, and there's I think this great feeling of we, we did this. We we made you you made history. Yes. Yeah. Um, literally, like, it's something that people say often, uh, yeah. but you really <laughs> did it, you know um, and uh, what happens then, uh, uh, did you, do you get a lot of congratulations from famous Jamaican people um, did you um, Where you received as heroes in Jamaica, what happens then?
1: Yeah, so immediately after, the day after, I think, uh, Sean Paul, who's an artist, and Usain Bolt actually posted about our team, which was really, really cool to see. Yeah. Um, And then in December, Jamaica hosted us for a celebration. Mm. Yeah. And unfortunately, I couldn't go. Um, I was still playing games here with PSB. Ah. uh, But my team had an awesome time, collected a few keys to some cities. um, But it Mm. was an unbelievable experience. And from the videos I saw, just a really cool sense of community among all the Jamaicans who who came out and supported
0: And your mother, uh, since you're a Jamaican national team player as well, and you had such a big role in the first qualification for the World Cup, um, what did she tell you or say to you about all of that?
1: She was actually at that game in Texas. Uh, Just my mom came to to visit. My dad was working and my siblings were in school. Um, But I got to see her right after... On the field and she was in tears and I think she it was just a moment of being proud for me and so happy for the team and for myself.
0: De moeder van Dominique heet Yvette en is zoals gezegd een Jamaicaanse. dus via haar heeft Dominique de Jamaicaanse nationaliteit. Ik ben benieuwd naar haar perspectief op deze letterlijk historische prestatie van haar dochter. Dus ik bel haar op.
2: Um, seeing her going up there to um, take her PK was um, you know it was kind of a nerve, nervous at the same time and excited
1: <laughs>
2: and especially knowing um, that the keeper had saved too yeah. so you know I know it took a little bit of pressure off her so yeah it was I, I kind of wanted to watch And I didn't want to watch Because <laughs> I was really nervous for her
0: Yeah But it went well The penalty went in And what what did you feel at that moment?
2: Well, I was I was celebrating <laughs> Yeah, it was um, we, we were I was actually sitting with um, Some Jamaicans And we were, you know We were overjoyed It was it was a relief, and at the same time we were just um really excited about what what happened,
0: yeah, and um uh, Dominic told me that you were also a bit emotional when uh they qualified for the world cup,
2: yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe that was the icing on the cake, yeah, because um it's it's an exciting time,
0: yeah. What did you think when uh, when the possibility for Dominic to move to Eindhoven came up, which is, of course, very far away from uh, California where you're living?
2: You know, I um, think God opened doors for her and, you know, she had the opportunity to go. It was really kind of far away for us, but I know, um, you know, she, 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 would, she would have been okay.
1: Hmm. And it was
2: something that she she would enjoy doing, so... Yeah, we we we're really um, really proud of Dom and her accomplishments.
0: Terug naar Dominique. Na die WK kwalificatie gaat Dominique terug naar PSV, waar ze al snel is uitgegroeid tot de vaste rechtsbek. Het was een enorme stap van Washington naar Eindhoven, maar Dominique heeft het allemaal super positief ervaren.
1: It's just a big unknown. You don't really know what you're entering. Um... But for me, I think the whole experience has been really cool. Um, the team and the coach has been very supportive and very accommodating. So it was a really easy transition. All
0: right. And how do you like uh, the city?
1: I like it a lot. I think it's really nice because when you want the craziness of a city, you can just go into it. But also when you want like quietness and, and kind of more laid back, there's opportunities for that as yeah. well in Eindhoven.
0: And when you say the craziness of the city... Uh I, immediately, I I immediately think of Carnival. <laughs> did you already uh, experience Carnival here? Uh,
1: no, I was actually gone at camp when ah. the Carnival was going on. Ah. But I saw a glimpse of the craziness of a city during King's Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. How did you
0: like King's Day? Yeah,
1: it was really cool. Not yeah. what I expected, but no? it was very neat. It was kind of just like a lot of concerts going on, yeah. basically.
0: What did you expect?
1: Um, I was thinking, like, I don't know, a fair, kind of, in the mm. U.S., to be more like that but it was uh, more what's a,
0: what's a fair like
1: a ferris wheel like rides i don't know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 but it was more like a big concert in many yeah. different venues going on within the city it was kind of neat um yeah. we're close to the stripe uh, yeah. so we went there and then in, into the city
0: did you go with teammates or yeah
1: with the girls i live with
0: yeah um did, do you like the dutch music
1: it's different, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I'm not All opposed right. to it, but I don't listen to it in my free time. <laughs> I'm
0: not opposed to it. I think that says a lot. <laughs> Do you know of Mewis?
1: No, I don't, no. Uh,
0: he's, uh, uh He's a hero here in Brabant. Okay. And also for PSV, uh, he's a big PSV supporter. So uh, he makes Dutch music as well. So
1: maybe I should listen to that then. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know if you would like it, but... Uh, <laughs> He is a Dutch artist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, is there something um, you noticed about the way Dutch people communicate or uh, are socially? Or
1: I would say that they're very accommodating. I visited other countries in Europe where yeah. they don't try to speak English, so I do really appreciate that everyone does try to speak English to me, and I'm also trying to learn dutch it's not going as well but uh i'm i'm trying to learn a little bit yeah. of the language so i can communicate
0: uh, every athlete i speak who is coming from a different country country to the netherlands says that dutch is very hard to yeah. uh, uh, to learn
1: <laughs> i think it's the g sound the yeah. k can that's you, hard can you do it <laughs> uh is yeah. like the best i can do <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> are there full sentences you can uh...
1: um i have like a few but they like don't make sense in context i guess I like, who yeah okay. um ik heb het yeah. so stuff like that yeah. that i need to say <laughs> i can say all right
0: uh that's that's good yeah Um, uh, it's a it's a difficult language yeah like, i guess yeah uh football terms
1: yes some football terms yeah. uh I think this is right. Ik ben verdediging. Yes. Yeah. So like I know yeah. a little bit of that. And yeah. then obviously like kats, uh, stuff, rechts, links, stuff like that. I yeah. can say on the field yeah. really quickly.
0: Uh, and do you communicate with the referees as well? Uh, in, in, English? English. I, in English. I
1: I think I just get so upset sometimes where
0: yeah.
1: I can't even think in Dutch. it's just yeah. straight English. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Dat Dominique het goed doet bij P.S.V. blijkt wel uit het feit dat de club haar contract met een jaar heeft verlengd. Volgend seizoen voetbalt ze dus ook nog in Eindhoven. Maar eerst dat WK. Zoals ik al eerder zei, is Jamaica het laagst geplaatste team van alle teams op het WK. Maar volgens Dominique hoeft dat geen nadeel te zijn.
1: I think it's really exciting that we don't really have any expectations from the outside. Um it kind of just gives us a chance to focus on our own abilities and kind of just show people, hey, we didn't qualify by fluke and there's no coincidence that we did. We actually belong here. And I think the reasoning of our ranking being so low is the fact that we haven't had a lot of camps and we haven't had a lot of international friendlies. So in order for us to move up, I think this is a really good place for us to be in and and to compete against such high-quality teams
0: so uh, what are the training camps in uh, jamaica like
1: uh i like them a lot i think there's a sense well i have a lot of family visit one and two it's kind of a sense of community again you have a lot of people show up to watch the training uh, sessions and you have a home base um, and a home crowd Hmm. when you play games there so I i really like having our training camps in jamaica
0: do they go crazy
1: Yes, they have vuvuzuelas for sure in the stands and it gets quite loud. Yeah, Cool. <laughs> uh,
0: we started this with your parents, um, so let's finish there as well. Uh, what do they think about your football career?
1: Um, I think they're, they've been really supportive of it. And I think going through from youth soccer until now professionally, I think they've just pushed me to... ...to follow my dreams and and to fulfill what I think is best for my life. So I think they've been awesome throughout this whole experience... ...and I I can't thank them enough. Cool. Yes.
0: (laughs) All right, let's finish it up. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Na het interview lopen we de bouwput weer in en zeggen we gedag. Dominique vertrekt op haar fiets richting het centrum van Eindhoven. Ik hoop dat de Reggae Girls gaan verrassen op het WK. Al is het maar zodat die meiden weer hun favoriete koekjes mogen eten. Ik wil Dominique en PSV bedanken voor het interview. Net als Anne van Dag Nacht Media voor alle hulp. Check de website van VySports voor veel meer van dit soort verhalen. En abonneer je op deze podcast voor meer afleveringen. Mijn naam is Sam van Raalte. Tot de volgende.